This is Sound News broadcasting from the Old Man Studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for the week ending Saturday the 14th of May. On behalf of everyone here on the Pergavon Talking Newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, new 2.5 million tender to manage college build, and from the Lurgan Mail, dance school kids evacuated in carbon monoxide incident. And now it's over to Ken, who brings you our first story. New 2.5 million tender to manage college build. A 2.5 million job to project manage the new 25 million Portadown College build has been put out to tender by the Education Authority. Earlier this year, it was announced that Portadown College is one of four County Armagh schools earmarked for new builds. Another was Killigamain Junior High School. The Education Authority has published its outline for Portadown College asking for tenders for a project manager-led integrated consultant team to deliver the new college build. With services valued at around 2.46 million, the integrated consultant team is asked to provide full professional services for RIBA plan of work 2013 stages 0-7. This would include project management, provision of architectural, quantity surveying, engineering, civil and structural services for delivery of the proposed school project. It is unclear whether the new school will be built as yet, but it is understood a number of sites are being considered. Julian Gibb, Portadown College principal, said, following confirmation earlier this year that Portadown College has been included in the Department of Education's major capital funding programme for schools, I welcome the recent news that Education Authority is moving to appoint a manager-led integrated consultant team to take the project forward. With Governors, I look forward to working in partnership with the Department of Education and Education Authority as we take this next step in the journey towards a new build for Portadown College. Elsewhere, St Catherine's College in Armagh and St Paul's High School in Bestbrook are also among schools to receive capital funding for new bills. Dance school kids evacuated in carbon monoxide incident. A dance school owner told how she evacuated 25 children from her Lurgan studio last Thursday night due to a suspected carbon monoxide leak. Louise Fahey said she immediately got everyone out of the unit at the Sido Business Park in Charles Street after a strong gas odour like rotten eggs. Children aged 4 to 16 attending the Little Stars Academy of Performing Arts, their teachers and parents were evacuated. Louise said the kids and teachers had been in the unit for about 20 minutes when she arrived. I came in and thought, wow, what is that smell? She said, adding that everyone in the unit said they were struggling to cope with the odour. I just said, get everyone out. It smelt like rotten eggs, like a gas smell. We got everyone out of the studio and called the fire brigade. The fire brigade came and did a reading test and told us to clear the area and get the children away from the units. 
A few weren't feeling well, so we went over to the hospital. There were just too many of us. We had to get cars over. Louise was full of praise for Kirkgavan Hospital, Sido and the Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue Service, as well as the Northern Ireland Ambulance Service. They were so good with the kids. When you hear carbon monoxide poisoning and you hear that if you were left in there any longer, it would have been, it wouldn't have come out. They may not have come out alive. But it's done now and we got out and there is no drama. Louise said even the adults who were dropping children off and were only asked outside the studio were asked to go to the hospital and get checked out as the readings were so high. They'd cleared all the units and I must say everyone at Sido, including Cara Dalit, the chief executive, was amazing. She was up all night checking on everyone. Louise, who has been a dance studio in Sido for four years, said nothing major like this has happened before. When we arrived at the hospital, they had boxes of sweets and crisps and juice for the children. Every child was seen immediately, got tested and were given oxygen. The ambulance staff were brilliant. They looked at every child and checked them, even children that said they felt fine. Sido is getting carbon monoxide detectors for the studio as a precaution. Sido's Cara Dalit said on Friday, early evening yesterday I was informed by some of my staff that there had been a smell of gas at the dance school at Lurgan's site. They identified the source and the business park is now back open and the incident is over. We've identified the source and it has been dealt with. The staff at Sido reacted really quickly. The Northern Ireland Ambulance Service were fantastic with the kids, as was the fire brigade. The children were taken to hospital as a precaution. Sido is very much health and safety first, and I'm glad that they did that. We are very thankful that children were let out of hospital last night and everyone is okay. And now the rotor chemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting with Portadown. On Sunday the 15th of May, the chemist is Miss P. Morgan, treating as Orchard Pharmacy, 23 Mandeville Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. Next week from Monday the 16th of May, the chemist is N. and R. Gordon Limited, of 4 bar 5 High Street Mall, open until 7pm. There is no rotochemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines. On Sunday the 15th of May, the chemist is Boots of 44 bar 46 Market Street, open from 7pm to 8pm. And next week, from Monday the 16th of May, the chemist is N&R Gordon of 10 Market Street, open until 7pm. There is no rotochemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. And now your sports news read by Brian Morrison. And what a finish to the league's Premier Football Division for the local clubs, with Portadown finishing one place from the bottom of the league and Glenavon, they finished seventh out of the 12 clubs. Dungannon Swifts, they finished ninth on 35 points. Portadown were 11th on 25 points and Warren Point Town 
They finished bottom on 21 points. Portadown had only 5 wins in the 38 games and Warren Point finished bottom and they were relegated to the Champions League. What a story for Portadown. By finished second bottom in the league, they had to play a two-leg playoff against the second-placed team in the second division championship league. And you would not have believed it in that the second-placed team was another Portadown team, namely Anna United. Yes, two miles down the road, and this team from the Tandergee Road have made incredible strides. And if they would have won the playoffs, they would have been playing in the Premier League against teams like Linfield, Larne, Glentorn and Cliftonville, who are mostly full-time professional. And others like Coleraine and Cliftonville are thinking of full-time football. So it is a great credit to all at the Anna United who have made such great strides over this past years. It is a great credit to Brian McGurgan, who is the chairman of the club, who has brought his side to such heights, and his son, Kieran McGurgan, is the present manager. On Tuesday night, the first leg of the playoffs was ported down, travelling down the Tandergee Road for the away leg, and the traffic around the area was very heavy, with many supporters unable to get a parking space and the PSNI having to sort out a traffic blockage on the main road to Tandragee. The game started at 7.45pm, and what a start. The, the large crowd was delighted despite the heavy rain at the football, and Portadown took the lead through hard Beverland. But the junior side went into a 2-1 lead with goals from Lee Upton and Stephen Murray. In the second half, Billy Steadman and Stephen Taggart scored to give the Shamrock Park side a 3-2 lead for the first leg. And this was a lead that they were glad to have for the second leg, which was played on Friday night. And Portadown manager Paul Doolan praised both sides for a great show of character and fight and all the fans seemed to be enjoying the football. The big surprise for the Friday night was a decision by the Portadown directors to allow fans free admission. And this was to say thank you for the loyal uh, red support for their support during a difficult season. Almost 3,000 fans took their seats and Latecomers had to queue at half-time to get admission. Portadown's youth teams were all in attendance and many youngsters had brought their families out and the atmosphere was incredible, with many fans uh, feeling that if the Anna scored two goals without loss, then Portadown were relegated and a little team from the Tandergee Road would take their place against the likes of Linfield. But it was not certain that this ground would be their ground would be suitable for such fixtures. But this had to be decided by the league authorities. <coughs> the first half was an evenly contested affair with both goals 
getting chances. And the Anna United scored through Peter Duffin, but he was ruled offside and the goal was disallowed. Stephen Murray, just just one of the number of exported down players in the Anna side, he narrowly missed a good chance before half time. But this half whistle at half time saw the Reds still with their 3 2 advantage from the first leg. The second half was very tense and both sides gave their, their best. And Anna United, though they had scored uh, when Jordan Campbell chested home a corner kick from Craig Taylor, but the referee, he had signalled for a foul, so the goal was disallowed. Then, with two minutes to go to play, good play from Billy Steadman and Stephen Taggart ended with uh, Taggart's low cross being knocked home by the unfortunate Lee Upton for an own goal. With Adam Seeley, he was just about to score from close range. The, the roar from the Ports fans was incredible, and when the final whistle went, young Ports fans stormed the pitch and the celebrations on the pitch lasted for some time, and a large party in the Portadown boardroom went on for some time, but all, all were full of praise for the Anna United team for their great season and just how close they were to Premier League football next year. The season was not over for Glenavon, as they finished seventh, and they qualified for the, the Europa League playoffs. They drew Glentorn away on Tuesday night and in a tense match lost 2-0. And their European competition dreams were extinguished and the large appearances only meant that the money went with it. In the other semi-final, Lauren defeated Coleraine 2-0 and they play on Friday night against Glentorn for the third European League playoff. If Glenavon had beaten Glentorn and, and then the, the winner of the other tie, they would have played in the opening Europa League with a guaranteed sum of £200,000 for qualification. <coughs> and in local junior football, it was a great result for the Craigavon City Football Club. As they defeated Dromore Amateurs in a penalty shootout, to win the Alan Wilson Cup. The club was formed in 2007 and this is the first time that they have won this trophy. This win comes one week after the death of one of the club's founders, John Cochran, and the club thanks its sponsors, the Drumgore Tavern, Bar and Off Sales, and also Unison Craigavon Hospital Branch are their main sponsors. This club plays all their games at the Drumcore Centre. And a couple of uh, bowling results for the new season. Portadown 49 shots, Bestbrook 105. The game was played on the synthetic playing green at Bestbrook. And Portadown veteran, <coughs> they played Dumbarton in the first game of the season and won by 55 shots to 18. And finally, back to football. It's just been announced that Portadown Football Club have 
very exciting plans to redevelop the stadium with ground developments which will include a pitch change from grass to 3G, training facility dome and a 1046-seater stand to replace the derelict stand which is to be demolished. Club sources confirmed the aim to, to release details on finalising timetable and cost, but club officials will hold con consultations later this month with the area residents and members of the general public. And that's all your sports news. And now, crime news. Priest accused of Rushmere Centre voyeurism. A priest accused of voyeurism at Craigavon Rushmere Shopping Centre has stepped down from his duties. Father Aidan Patrick McCann, aged 35, appeared at Craigavon Magistrates Court by video link from his solicitor's office and confirmed he understood the single charge against him. Father McCann, with an address at the parochial house on Madden's Row in Kidi, is accused of voyeurism on the 20th of March this year, in that, for the purpose of sexual gratification, he observed a female doing a private act, knowing that the other person did not consent to being observed for your sexual gratification. None of the alleged facts surrounding the offence were opened in court, but giving evidence, a police constable said she believed she could connect the priest to the offence. It is understood the charge arises following an incident involving a female at a changing room in Rushmere Shopping Centre. Defence Solicitor Harry McCourt confirmed he did not have any questions pertaining to McCann being formally connected to the charge, while a prosecuting lawyer suggested the case be adjourned for some time, as the full file was not due to be received until the 16th of June. District Judge Bernie Kelly put the case back to the 24th of June. Father McCann was ordained as a priest in July 2015 and serves in the Armagh Diocese. A spokesperson from the Archdiocese of Armagh confirmed that Father McCann had stepped down. The Archdiocese of Armagh can confirm that Father Aidan McCann, a priest at the Archdiocese, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court on May the 6th, 2022, a statement read. Approximately four weeks ago, Father McCann sought leave of absence and voluntarily stepped aside from all public ministry pending the outcome of a PSNI investigation and legal proceedings. The Archdiocese immediately enacted its safeguarding procedures whilst recognising that the priest retains his right to the presumption of innocence pending completion of all processes. Now for some local government news. UUP leader elected on the seventh count in Upper Ban. UUP should keep faith in Beatty, says Nesbitt. The UUP should keep faith in the party leader and Upper Ban MLA Doug Beatty and his message of a liberal all-inclusive unionism, one of Ulster unionists re-elected MLAs insisted at the weekend. Former UUP leader Mike Nesbitt said the party had the right message and the right leader in Mr Beatty, despite losing one seat in the Assembly election. Mr Beatty had to wait until the seventh count on Saturday in the Upper Ban constituency 
before retaining his Assembly seat. He secured 5,199 first preference votes, that's 9.3%, and by count five he was at risk of losing his seat to Alliance's Owen Tennyson on 6,400 first preferences, that's 11.5%. ABC councillor Mr Tennyson was elected as the Alliance Party's first MLA in the constituency. Mr Beatty was to need transfers including those of eliminated running mate Glenn Barr, 3,367, that's 6%, and the TUV's Darren Foster, 4,373, 7.8%, also eliminated and the DUP's Diane Dodds, 6,548, 11.7%, elected alongside party colleague Jonathan Buckley to help him get over the line. But Mr Nesbitt said the only mistake we could make would be to step away from that progressive, inclusive, confident unionism that the current UUP leader embodied. We have to keep at it until it reaches sufficient numbers of people we got squeezed this time because I think a lot of people who voted Alliance might have given us a first preference in the past, but things change in politics and I believe if we keep going with the same message and are patient and enthusiastic, it will pay dividends in the long run. Asked if the party needed to keep the same leader, Mr Nesbitt said, yes, absolutely, we must have the same leader. Later, Mr Beatty said, that the Alliance surge in the election had been partly due to their ability to win voters away from an angry negative unionism. It might take a while to change that psyche, he's added. It may well be a super tanker that has a large turning circle, but we need to do it. The UUP leader said people could question his leadership of the party all they wanted, but he believed there was no appetite to push him out. I've set the direction of travel, he said, and what we have done previously within Ulster Unionist Party is something bad has happened and we've all said, oh, we'll have to have a rethink what we're doing. And we've gone off in a completely different direction. I don't believe that's the case this time. Mr Beatty said his priority was getting a new executive up and running to work for the people and redistribute immediately the 300 million sitting dormant in the Stormont accounts. After the loss of Rosemary Barton's Fermanagh stroke South Tyrone seat, colleague Tom Elliott warned at the weekend the UUP must not forget its more conservative-minded voters. Paul Topper O'Dowd thanks Sinn Féin's support. Sinn Féin MLA John O'Dowd has thanked all those who came out to vote for his party. They had sent out a clear message, he said, that people in Upper Ban wanted power sharing to work and people to work together. A huge thank you to everyone who voted for me and Sinn Féin, he added. It is an honour to represent the people of Upper Ban. I will do my very best to serve you in the time ahead. With 9,242 first preference votes, that was 16.5% of the vote, 109 short of the quota, Mr O'Dowd topped the poll in Upper Ban as he did in 2011. Despite the third highest share of first preference votes, 7,260 or 12.9%, running mate and sitting ABC councillor Liam Mackle failed to win election. My colleague councillor Liam Mackle came very close to winning a second seat 
and I am sorry he didn't make it, said Mr O'Dowd. To my comrades in Upper Ban Sinn Féin, you put a huge effort into Liam's and my campaign. You should be rightly proud of yourselves. It is now time to restore the executive and assembly. Families and workers need help with the cost of living crisis. The health service needs investment. Only a fully functioning executive can achieve those goals. Unfortunately, this wasn't my time, says UUP eliminated candidate Barr. Ulster Unionist Assembly candidate for Upper Ban and sitting Lord Mayor of Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough, Alderman Glenn Barr has thanked all who supported him in his ultimately unsuccessful bid to win a Stormont seat. Mr Barr secured 3,367 first preference votes, that's 6%. I would like to thank Alex Dale, my election agent, who went above and beyond the call, said Mr Barr. I would also like to thank my wife Andrea and my children Alex, Cody and Billy for all their support and my fantastic team of canvassers. Most importantly, I want to express my heartfelt thanks to everyone who came out and supported me in this election. I am humbled by the support and overwhelmed by the number of messages I've received since the election. Unfortunately, this wasn't my time and I will continue to work tirelessly for you all, promoting our area to help maximise our potential. Dolores Kelly, a high-profile SDLP casualty in Upper Ban. The SDLP returned to Stormont on Monday with four fewer MLAs, among them the high-profile Upper Ban representative and policing board member Dolores Kelly. Another casualty was Infrastructure Minister Nicola Mallon, who lost her North Belfast seat to the Alliance's Nula McAllister. During the last week of campaigning, Nicola Mallon travelled to Upper Ban in support of Mrs Kelly. The two were pictured in front of a mobile advertisement poster with the headline Dodds or Dolores emblazoned on it. The left side pictured DUP candidate Diane Dodds in black and white with her leader Sir Geoffrey Donaldson set in behind her. The right side was in colour and depicted Mrs Kelly beside SDLP leader Colum Eastwood. On the billboard, the electorate was advised that borrowed votes in Upper Ban could help Dolores Kelly take out DUP veteran and former minister Diane Dodds. In the end, Mrs Kelly polled 3,645 first preference votes, that's 6.5%, and lost her seat on the third count. Mrs Dodds's husband, Nigel, had criticised what he called the pointed and personal line of attack the SDLP had launched against his wife. Eliminated TUV candidate Darren Foster was buoyed by the overall party performance and pleased, he said, to have tripled his vote. A couple more percent and we would have quite a few seats, he said. People really resonated with the message of getting rid of the protocol. The TUV were the first party to come out and oppose it and people backed us for it. Mr Foster said the TUV vote surge showed the protocol did matter to voters. It came up quite a few times on the doorsteps for me, he said. Support for a plan to reverse decline of curlews and lapwings. Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavonborough Council's Environment Committee has backed a project aimed at increasing the number of breeding curlews and lapwing birds in the borough. Members of the committee were told at its meeting on Tuesday, May the 3rd, 
about biodiversity services work with the Loch Ness Partnership to stop the decline of endangered breeding waders. It is explained that although lapwings are a common sight in the borough, the population is made up mostly of wintering flock who breed in other countries. Officers noted local breeding birds are in steep decline and explained curlews are restricted to small areas along the River Blackwater and at the Loch Ness shore. In an attempt to understand and reverse this decline in nesting birds, the Loch Ness Landscape Partnership has had a project officer based at Loch Ness Discovery Centre who has been coordinating the monitoring of nesting birds, undertaking community engagement and working with farmers and landowners to protect nests and control predators on land with breeding waders. Officers estimate this project will cost £3,690 and have confirmed this funding can be found within existing budgets. And uh, just one death uh, to mention uh, Devlin, Alan Devlin, who died peacefully on the 20th of April, beloved son of Mabel and late Stanley, cherished brother of Pauline, brother-in-law George, and nephews Thomas and Robert. Now for some general news. Ryan thanks Air Ambulance Medics and encourages people to learn CPR. Monday, August the 9th, 2021 began like any other day for Ryan Nelson from Lurgan. Ryan was a fit and healthy 43-year-old who loved his football and being outdoors. He had just arrived home that morning with a coffee for his wife, Vivian, when suddenly, without any warning, he took sudden cardiac arrest on his doorstep. He was unconscious and unresponsive at the scene. Ryan's 15-year-old son, Corey, called 999 and alerted the emergency services immediately. The controller at the Northern Ireland Ambulance Service, NIAS, talked Corey through life-saving CPR, which he relayed to Ryan's neighbour, Michael McLaughlin, who worked on Ryan with another neighbour and nurse, Siobhan Totten. Northern Ireland Ambulance Service road ambulance paramedics arrived, followed by the Helicopter Emergency Medical Service, that's HEMS, team. A defibrillator was used to shock Ryan's heart. The HEMS team were able to provide further critical care treatment to Ryan within minutes of arriving on Ryan's doorstep. Having stabilised his condition, Ryan was then transported to the Royal Victoria Hospital Belfast for further treatment and care. He was fitted with an implantable cardioverter defibrillator, ICD device, is recovering well and slowly adapting to life. He is very grateful to be back home with his wife Vivian, son Corey, 15, and daughters Holly, 13, and AV9. Ryan said of the incident, I've heard that only 1 in 10 people suffering a cardiac arrest outside of hospital survive, so the odds were against me. CPR really made the difference, and I would like to encourage everyone to learn about CPR and familiarise themselves with the defibrillators, as you never know when it could be needed. The quick response from my family, neighbours, paramedic and the HEMS team was critical, and I am extremely fortunate to come through this ordeal. Ryan's wife, Vivian, went on to say, I heard of cases where the air ambulance crew have been needed on the news or on social media but you never think it will happen to you. Ryan was a normal, healthy 43-year-old with no previous health issues or problems. 
Witnessing a cardiac arrest has been the most traumatic experience my family have ever had. But if not for the chain of events that day, Ryan wouldn't be here now. I am forever grateful to everyone involved that day and in particular to the HEMS team for the life-saving treatment they provided on the doorstep. The family were so grateful to the team at our ambulance, Northern Ireland, that they decided to take action and raise funds to ensure more people have access to this life-saving service in the future. Vivian and the Nelson family started the Mission Critical Appeal on Just Giving and Facebook to tell their story and raise funds for the charity. They held fundraising nights, raffled off amazing gifts donated to the appeal. Ryan's sister, Roisin Wilkinson, held a very successful spin-a-thon at the Spa, Ahagallon, and Vivian's best friend, Laura McConville, took part in the Belfast City Marathon. Vivian wanted to thank everyone for their support. People have been incredibly kind and generous. We have been gifted so much locally through businesses, people getting in touch through Facebook, wanting to support the charity family members getting support through their workplaces and so many people contacting us, telling us of their own stories of being helped by the HEMS team at our Ambulance Northern Ireland. The family want to sincerely thank every single person who have helped them raise now over £17,339 for the charity, which they were delighted to present to the Our Ambulance Northern Ireland team in Lisburn. Strike Action to mean complete shutdown of bus services. Bus services across Northern Ireland will grind to a halt as a result of strike action next week, trade union, the GMB, has said. Industrial action at TransLink was delayed last month for a ballot on a revised pay pay offer, but GMB members turned it down. Unite Union members have also voted to strike. From May the 17th to the 23rd, bus workers, including drivers, cleaners and shunters, will stage a walkout as a mark of their anger and frustration with the company, said GMB regional organiser Peter Macklin. They were proud to carry out their duty during the pandemic, despite potentially putting themselves and their family lives at risk, said Mr Macklin. Now they need some help to tackle the crushing cost of living crisis they face, but bosses aren't listening. The dispute, which affects bus drivers, cleaners and shunters, will close the entire bus network within Northern Ireland. It will be a complete shutdown. TransLink said it was disappointed that union members had voted by what it described as a relatively slim margin to take unprecedented industrial action. Following extensive negotiations, a spokesman said, we made a further substantial offer for 2021, including an enhanced package of conditions that we believe is fair and reasonable. At this stage, having exhausted all options, we will start to take the difficult decisions in preparing for the impact of the strike action. However, we remain committed to working with the unions to avert this action. We would welcome the opportunity to engage with unions to cover school duties so that the well-being of school children can remain a priority, particularly as many enter the exam period. All train services will continue to operate as normal. TransLink apologises for any inconvenience this may cause. Katie appointed County Armagh Lord Lieutenant's Cadet. 
Lurgan Teenager Cadet Corporal Katie Castles has been appointed Her Majesty's Lord Lieutenant's Cadet for County Armagh for the coming year. The accomplished 16-year-old, a student at Lurgan College, was formally awarded the honour at a recent Hillsborough Castle ceremony to become one of the 11 Lord Lieutenant's Cadets in Northern Ireland. Katie will take on the largely ceremonial role attending the Earl of Caledon, Her Majesty's Lord Lieutenant for County Armagh, on major civic occasions. In recognition of the award, Katie, a member of the Lurgan Open Army Cadet Force Detachment, will wear a special insignia on her uniform throughout the year in office. The citation which accompanies Katie's award pays tribute to her determination to be the best at what she does while motivating and assisting those around her. That positive attitude has encouraged Katie to make the most of every opportunity afforded her in the cadet movement, earning earning four-star cadet status with the Gold Duke of Edinburgh Award. She has also proven a keen shot captaining the company team to win the UK champion unit title and winning seven gold and three silver medals herself, so earning a place on the prestigious UK team. Outside cadets, Katie's musicality is reflected in achieving grade seven in piano, while in sports she follows a family tradition excelling in ladies' bowls. A member of Lurgan Bowling Club, she has been selected to play for the Irish under-25s ladies' bowling team. This citation concludes, Katie is an excellent ambassador for the SCF. She is mature, courteous and shows a great integrity, setting a fine example to others. Granny May's 100th birthday celebrations. Mary May, known as May May, thoroughly enjoyed her 100th birthday celebrations last week, surrounded by her large family. Originally from Richmond near Scotch Street, May May, nay love, whose husband Hard died 30 years ago, has four children, seven grandchildren and five great-grandchildren. Many of them visited Rosemont Care Home in Portadown, where May now lives, and she was delighted to see them and celebrate a hundred years of life. May has packed in a lot in her hundred years, including playing a key role in the war effort, working in the Ordnance Depot in Portadown. She also worked in the Mayfair factory in Portadown. May's granddaughter, Christine Anderson, said she was thrilled and delighted with her card and letter from Queen Elizabeth. Christine said she had the family in stitches, laughing as she put on her posh voice to chat to on the phone to someone she thought was the Queen. She has always been very funny, quick-witted, with a dry sense of humour, said Christine. She never drank in her life, but she loved fashion and still keeps up to date with fashion magazines like OK and Vogue. She was one of the golden girls. She is so kind-hearted, caring and loving, and is known to everyone, even outside the family, as Granny May, said Christine. She is just someone that people never forget. Christine said she was as much in her grandmother's home as her own parents' home and has been a wonderful matriarch to the family. Wraith laying marks sacrifice of Lurgan-born Australian soldier. Members of Lurgan and Brownlow Royal British Legion recently joined C Company cadets in helping their counterparts from Queensland remember a fallen World War I Australian soldier buried in Lurgan. Lurgan native Private James Latham emigrated to Australia and joined the Australian Army's 42nd Infantry Regiment in 1915. 
on the eve of Anzac Day, which commemorates the sacrifice of Australian and New Zealand service personnel in both world wars and conflicts since, Cadet Lance Corporals H. Maxwell, H. Adrian and D. Falconer, all from Larne Detachment, led a wraith on Private Latham's grave in Lurgan Cemetery. This was on behalf of an Australian Army Cadet Unit, 122 Mackay, from Queensland. The event came about when C Company Training Officer Captain Gary Minnis made contact with Major John Zimmerman from the Australian Army Cadets. They discussed ways in which the two units could collaborate and Major Zimmerman suggested the Northern Ireland Cadets could help them remember Private Latham on the Anzac Day, especially with his connection to both countries. Welcome return of prestigious UK Pipe Band Championships. Bands from the UK and Ireland will descend upon Lurgan Park on Saturday, June the 11th, as it hosts the prestigious UK Pipe Band Championships for the second time. Organised by the Royal Scotland Pipe Band Association, the competition will feature hundreds of players, including the best local pipers from varying competition grades, ranging from juvenile right up to grade one, along with drum majors and highland dancers, who will all be hoping to be crowned UK champions. Visitors will have the rare opportunity to see world-class bands competing for the coveted championship title and enjoy music from a range of talented players, including Irish and Northern Irish bands and Scottish bands, as well as international bands travelling from far and wide. There will also be plenty of entertainment on the day with a wide range of delicious food on offer from various vendors, along with children's entertainment, making it a great day out for all the family. Ian Embleton, Chief Executive of the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association, said, Lurgan Park is a superb venue, and RSPBA enjoys a long-standing relationship with the area. Preparations are well underway, and we're looking forward to returning to Lurgan Park to host the UK Pipe Band Championship in June. The UK Pipe Band Championships take place at Lurgan Park from 10am to 6pm on Saturday, June the 11th. To book your tickets, log on to www.visitarmagh.com forward slash UK Pipe Band 2022. There is also the link for booking camper vans and disabled parking spaces. Competition run in conjunction with Ulster Carpets. Children to design gift for Queen Elizabeth's Jubilee. Local schools have been invited to take part in a competition to help design a gift for Queen Elizabeth. As part of the Platinum Jubilee celebrations, the Northern Ireland Office competition will offer schools the chance to design a postcard depicting a snapshot of Northern Ireland. This will be manufactured into a rug to be sent to Her Majesty the Queen by Portadown Company Ulster Carpets. Northern Ireland Office Minister Conor Burns said this competition is a fantastic opportunity for Northern Ireland school children to get involved in producing a unique, a unique gift for Her Majesty the Queen as she celebrates this special year. The Platinum Jubilee Year is a key occasion to acknowledge the amazing dedication and service of Her Majesty the Queen over 70 years, and I'm proud that the young people of Northern Ireland will be directly involved in commemorating it. I look forward to seeing the creative designs from local pupils and the wonderful rug which will be produced by Ulster Carpets to depict the winning snapshot of Northern Ireland. 
Group Managing Director of Ulster Carpets, Nick Coburn, said, We are proud to offer this unique opportunity to mark the Queen's Jubilee in such a special way. We have no doubt that our young people will be able to demonstrate their creativity and produce a design that perfectly encapsulates Northern Ireland. We may even be able to find some talented artists who could be our future carpet designers. The competition will be open until Friday the 27th of May. Jim's 30 years in picture framing. Celebrating 30 years in business, Jim Laverty of Portadown Picture Framing is using the occasion to highlight the work of a local charity. Jim, who trained as a picture framer, said he has enjoyed the work since he opened his business in 1992. I love the camaraderie and interaction with customers, some of whom have become good friends over the years, said Jim, who started out in Tavna Industrial Estate. He was there for 27 years until he moved to 12 Mandeville Street, previously known as Miss So-and-So. Business has been great since I moved here, and I've seen a tremendous increase of new customers. I like the different challenges I get, and I've had all sorts of artwork to frame over the years. I would like to thank all my customers, past and present, for their support and loyalty, allowing me to continue all this time as I celebrate 30 years of business. This year, on his 30th anniversary in business, Jim wants to highlight the newly formed charity Star NI. It was set up in 2021 by a group of social workers who are specifically trained and qualified to provide therapeutic support services to children, adolescents and their families who have been impacted by sexual abuse. The team's mission is to create a safe and nurturing environment where young people feel comfortable and safe enough to explore their thoughts and feelings. Ruth from the charity said, Star NI is passionate about providing high-quality therapeutic support that reduces the harmful effects of sexual abuse on children and their futures. The team is based in Millennium Court Arts Centre in Portadown and have a specially designed therapeutic playroom for younger children and counselling room for adolescents. Jim said, I first met Ruth just before Christmas when I framed a football jersey for her organisation's charity auction. When Ruth explained the type of work she does, I was immediately interested and wanted to help in any way I could. Because their work is such a worthy cause, I felt privileged to ask them to help me celebrate my 30 years of business by bringing more support and awareness to the work that they do. Ansborough Road Lane Closure as work to start on pipe laying. Northern Ireland Water is due next week to begin pipe laying works at Lurgan's Ansborough Road to serve two new housing developments in the area. The work to install new sewers and associated manholes will be carried out under a lane closure and is expected to take 16 to 20 weeks to complete. It will affect the section of Ansborough Road between the Grange and Ansborough Industrial Estate. A section of new pumping main that Northern Ireland Water needs to install has been programmed to coincide with these works to reduce further impact on Ansborough Road in the future. Northern Ireland Water Senior Project Manager Robert McLean said, Through the use of trenchless techniques, we will be able to install these new pipelines under a lane closure. A three-way traffic light system will be in operation to manage the flow of traffic. 
The use of these innovative methods of construction will avoid the need for a road closure on Ansborough Road and will help to vastly reduce commuter disruption. However, given the need for three-way traffic lights, we would still advise motorists to allow extra time for their journeys during this work. Normal working hours will be 7.30am to 5pm, but it may be necessary on occasions for work to be undertaken outside these hours. Vehicular access will be maintained for residents and businesses throughout this work, but could be subject to delay. Pedestrian access will be available at all times. The Young Farmers Clubs of Ulster's recent AGM and Armagh City Hotel proved a weekend to remember for Cologne YFC members. The highlight of the event was when the club was awarded the Anne Cameron Cup for YFCU Club of the Year. It was quite an achievement for Cologne YFC to be named the best out of 51 clubs across the country. Club members would like to thank their secretary, Karen Walker, club leader, Joel Milligan, and club president, Joanne Shilliday, for all their hard work and dedication. This was not the only success of the weekend, as many club members were awarded individual prizes. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadown Times and Nurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Catherine and Ken, our technician was William and reading with me this week were Catherine and Ken and Brian did the sports. From the newsroom at the Old Bounce, this is Bob. You can also listen to us on Facebook. Go to www.facebook.com stroke Craig Talking News. Signing off, thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. If memory stick does not play, check on large machine that switch is moved to USB position on extreme left. And check volume is turned up on both sides of machine to return your wallet. Sound News is a Craig Avon talking newspaper production.